The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Hey. <laughs> I'm not going crazy. Marcus. I'm not going crazy. You sure? No, yes, I'm very sure. I'm more sure. <laughs> I'm more sure than I've ever been in my life. Yeah, I'm, not I'm, more crazy. Sa- I'm more saying that I've ever been. I'm not crazy. Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm more saying than I've ever been in my life. I'm Marcus Barnes. Oh, I'm Jackie Zarowski. And you know, I'm going to doubt that, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I am. Good. I'm very When you're sane. yelling about it, though, <laughs> when you're yelling about how you're so sane, it's just, it's a little off putting. <laughs> I don't know. Just channeling. I don't know. Maybe I think I'm just channeling Char- Charles Manson a little bit. I think too you've much been in this room reading about Charles Manson for days. I think uh, that's what it is. Weeks. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 If, you, if you're a listener, last podcast on the left, you know that we're in the middle of a three-part series on Charles Manson. So I've been thinking about Charles Manson a lot. That's great. Lately, like really thinking about it, like really getting into the guy's head, seeing you know who the guy is. One of the things that I I think I kind of came upon with him is you know he spent all of his life in in prison or most of his life in prison. He was only out of prison in his adult life. He's like eighty five now. He spent a total of four years of his adult life out of prison yeah. from twelve to nineteen. What a, what was, a four years it was! <laughs> oh man, he was a pimp for two of those years and then a cult leader for the other two. You know he had to do something with his time. Yeah, and he did it well. <laughs> he did. But I started thinking about what kind of man a cult leader is. Like, what kind of person does that produce? Uh, And I think that a cult leader, especially Charles Manson, I think that he is a man that lived completely in his own head. Mm -hmm. And the only way that he knew how to deal with people was through manipulation, through intense, extreme manipulation. Didn't even really know that he was doing it, but through like really intense manipulation. And it started to get me to think about myself and how I live in my own head and how I deal with the rest of the world and how for most of my life I felt completely disconnected from other people. And it started to make me think about how I deal with other people. I'm not saying that I'm a cult leader. Sounds like that. you're a cult leader. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a cult, TCR, right? Uh, it's, I guess so. You I are guess. manipulating all of us to think the way you want us to think. <laughs> no! With your voice. No! And your research. <laughs> I do shape it how I want I it mean, to be. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> but anyways, I started thinking about all this stuff uh, and, and, you know, and asking myself, like, do I actually interact with mankind? Am I plugged into the world at all, or am I just a manipulator? Like, do I actually do things because they're good, or do I do things because it's what's expected of me, or because it's what I think that that's what people want? Uh, and am I just doing it in order to get things that I want? So I took that into therapy on Monday, and it was fucking painful. It was one of the most painful therapy sessions I've ever had in the three years that I've been going to therapy and talking about all of this stuff and questioning all this stuff and coming out really without an answer at all. Like coming out of it, like still not answering and still having no answer to the question. Like, am I connected to the world at all? And I know that I live within my own head in that question. It's like, it does living within my own head make just make me by default a manipulator and also by default a bad person masquerading as a good person. And so I left with that thought and questioning that. Uh, and I, it's, you know, we live in New York City. I was downtown uh, at noon on Monday. Like, I'm talking, like, this is Broadway and, you know, this is a Broadway and Chambers. Like, not a quiet street at all. But I walked out of there and I heard that the world has never been quieter. Like, it was an eerie silence, and it followed me all the way down into the train, and it was quiet, and I felt more alone than I've felt ever. Uh, it was it was the strangest experience that, that I've had outside of drugs, uh, just completely alone and completely quiet. Like, I was in my own head, and that's the only place that I lived. Uh, and so I came here, and in the middle of that, I had to fucking record an episode of Crime Report first, 
<laughs> That'll jangle you out of your head. That'll really jangle you up. Uh, and then, but then, like, I, I couldn't sit with it any longer. But I didn't know how to talk to anybody about this. I didn't know where to start. Like, I, I couldn't. Like, I, I thought about calling you. I, I thought about uh, calling Carly. You know the the name of the girl that I'm with now. Uh, I thought about calling my brother and everybody, all the people that I talk to when I'm fucking out of it, but I couldn't explain it to anyone. I, I couldn't put it into words what it was. So my therapist, before I left, she she looked at me, she goes, write me. She's like, if you need me, write me. She's like, I know you're sitting with some tough shit right now. I really know that you're having a real hard time with this. She's like, if you need me, just write me. Call me if you need it, just do it. And so I started writing her an email I couldn't sit with it any longer I didn't know what the fuck else to do but I started writing her this email and, and as you know as we talked about last week you know I've been doing I've been doing a meditation recently and it's been giving me a lot more images in my mind it's it's because you know I I think in words uh, most of the time but with this meditation I've started it feels like there's some sort of uh Door that I've opened. Well, it's the mental images, you know. It's it's the mental words. Exactly, mental images. Like those are finally starting to come. And so I start writing this uh, this email to her, and it's just a total stream of consciousness type thing, where I'm just typing things out, trying to articulate what I'm uh, what I'm going through at the moment, and I just start having this weird. It is vision in my head is about the only thing that I could use to describe it. And what I saw in this vision, I saw myself uh, wearing a miner's hat, you know, with a big, you know, a miner's hat, like a hard hat with the, light, uh, on the, the light on the front. Uh, and I came upon, I was walking through kind of a, a blood vessel, like a, a big tube of flesh. Uh, and I saw this concrete wall, the cinder block wall that had been knocked down. And there was a huge hole in that wall. And inside I saw what can only be described as a shriveled heart. Think the Grinch's heart before it grew three sizes. Okay. You know, like a kind of a black shriveled prune that was connected to a couple of strands that were holding it in place. And I walked in and I looked at it and I it, there were construction lights around like somebody had was building it and didn't finish it either didn't finish the job or did a shitty job and then walled the thing up with cinder blocks but I felt with with this I had literally broken through something uh, and I looked on the ground and I saw a tube uh, kind of a, a metal tube that was just laying on the ground and I looked at the heart and I saw a hole the same size as the tube I picked up the tube and I plugged it in and the heart started beating and started looking healthier it wasn't black anymore it was red uh, it looked like an actual human heart that was beating uh, and in the you know and this is I was awake during all this like it, it felt like a waking dream I felt like this uh you know this avatar myself yelled hey everybody come look at this like come check this out uh, and these other versions of myself started coming and coming to look at it and everyone like every version whether it was bad or good or every side of me looked at it and said ah. That's it. That's what it was. Like that's that's what was wrong. Uh, and the rest of the day, everything was easier. Somehow, I wasn't constantly plagued with worry, and I wasn't constantly plagued with fear. Without even thinking about it, I didn't even realize this until the end of the night. Like when I got over to Carly's place, I didn't realize it until I got there that I didn't worry about anything for the rest of the day after that. Uh, and then that night. You know, and, and I it was a fantastic night, uh, and I I went to bed, and Carly said, "This is another thing about me, uh, as far as I look at dreams. I find that you know, with me the the me the version of myself that I like the most is the version of me that's in my dreams. I feel like that's when I am my purest being, where the fear can't get to me, the worries can't get to me. I am truly." myself but I always thought that was unattainable uh, 
so Carly said in the middle of the night, I shot, and I, I, I remember this in dreams. Like, I remember this happening in dreams, but she said it actually happened. I shot up in bed. I clasped my hands together, and I just said, I exist! And then I went back to bed. And I think, after thinking about it, like, I think that was, and of course, you know, I'm getting in all this hippie kind of shit, but whatever. That's okay. I, I think that what that was is that dream self that I loved so much, you know, the dream self that I knew I could be. It was my dream self telling me, I exist. I can be real. I can be you. And ever since then, I've just been, I don't know how to explain it, me, just me. I mean, it's, uh, I, I feel like that the real world, like the version of me that lives on earth and in the real world has become connected to something that a lot of other people took for granted as yeah, this is how life is. This is how you live. This, this is just how it works. I, I feel like that I've been either reconnected into that or connected for the first time where I feel like this is, uh, that bridge has been made. A bridge has come together and it feels fantastic. So ever since you haven't been inside of your head, you haven't been scared of what's going on inside of you? No. And have you had dreams since? Have I? I might have had dreams last night. I don't know. But you don't remember them. I don't remember them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. Like, but you I, usually, I mean, you usually are fairly connected to your You were saying that your dream self is what you, that is your purest form. So maybe that's something that you actually tapped into. Maybe that breaking down of a wall and breaking down of something that you were so scared of and something that you feared so much because you were saying that it was one of the most painful therapy sessions you had ever gone through that, that it actually came to you to show you you did something positive for yourself. You're ready. And that's insane. <laughs> that's fucking insane. It is uh, It is insane. I haven't smoked weed in like a month. Yeah, I no, I mean, you're not even that big of a weed smoker. Yeah, yeah, I'm really not even that big of a... Like, this wasn't... I During all this, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't uh, smoking weed. I wasn't on any kind of hallucinogenic drugs. Nothing like that. I, I haven't taken mushrooms in a year and a half, it's too it, long. if not longer. It's yeah, it's way too long. It's way too it's long. Different story yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. though. I yeah. mean, so what are you going to take from this now? Is there anything in your is there anything in your day to day that you are changing now? Or is it just an overall feeling of I exist? I exist. Everything's easier. It, it, it feels like that all of the, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm looking around and just seeing them hanging on the walls, but all the cobwebs. Uh, literal cobwebs. Literal cobwebs everywhere. Yeah, we still haven't taken down the decorations from Halloween. And I don't, that I don't think I'm gonna. No, it's great. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the, the cobwebs, a lot of the traps, uh, like it's it's almost like someone took up all the bear traps in the, you know, my mental state walking through the day was just kept stepping on bear traps over and over again and it just it's a pathway it's a clear pathway maybe this is something that maybe so over time it's not something that you forget have you written down the vision at all absolutely it, I, I even sketched it like, I, which I, mean, I exactly. don't I don't sketch like I draw like a fucking idiot but I still, in an attempt to be like, I have to try to get some sort of visual representation of this. Yeah, I... I it should I be something it. you keep. It should be something that is separate from your notebook. It should be something that is separate that you're able to pull out of times when you feel like you don't exist. Yeah. Which a lot of people have that. There's a lot of times when you're like, I don't matter. And nothing I do or say, and, and it is just me inside of me, and that's it. Which is not true. And it's a hard thing to remember sometimes when you're not feeling connected. And, and sometimes you need that pain, you need that shattering inside of you to be like this, no, I exist, whether it's a breakup or whether, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen that like, you know, we've said this before that if you, pain is a part of life and hurting is a part of life and feeling is a part of life and sometimes it's a hard thing to deal with and it's a hard thing, it's, it's easy to be scared of. It's easy to be like, no, I'm just me inside of me and that's it. But it's not true. 
because you exist and you affect other people whether you think you do or you don't. And that is such an insane thing to remember that even if it's just something you write down, yeah. even if you just write down, I exist, that it's something that you can look at and be like, I exist. I wrote this. I exist. Yeah, because exist, existing means being a part of the world. Right. If you exist, that, or if you are part of the world, then you exist. If you are breathing, then you exist. The things that you do matter. Even on an extremely small scale, the things that you do still matter. Some of the things that people do matter. And, you know, some people do huge things. Other people do smaller things that affect just the people around them. Other people do things that affect people worldwide. But the things that you do still do matter and you still exist as long as you're breathing. And it's a weird thing to have to remind yourself of. But I think a lot of us have to remind ourselves of that sometimes, is that we do matter, we do exist, we are on this fucking plane of existence, this very physical plane of existence at all times. Uh, and it's important to remember that you are a fucking part of humanity, whether you want to be a part of it or not. And I think a lot of us, and I think that's one of the things that I did, is I think I I either, I, I, I don't think... I know I was plugged into it at one point, but I think I disconnected from it because I didn't want to be a part of it. I didn't want to be a part it's of... It's easier. It's easier it's so to much disconnect. Easier. It's so much easier. I just, I didn't want to be a part, like I could fake it, like I could fake being a part of everything really fucking well, uh, but still being a part of it means being hurt. Being a part of it means trusting people. You know, that being a part of it means loving people and worrying about people. Uh, and that is scary and it's hard, uh, but it also takes courage. Uh, it also takes uh, something within you, a willingness to risk all that stuff. And I think for a long time I haven't been willing to risk a lot of that. Um, but I'm fucking, I'm plugged in, man. I'm connected yeah. and I'm... Congratulations! <laughs> He's plugged in! In the good way of being plugged in. Yeah, I'm plugged into the fucking earth juice, baby. Hell yeah, man. And I mean, sometimes it just takes getting out of a city or getting into a space that you're not comfortable in. Sometimes you just need to do anything to plug back in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you had an amazing, insane, crazy fucking vision that helped you <laughs> along with that, but also an amazing therapeutic session yeah. that helped you get to that point. And it wasn't just one session. This is three years of Right, You right, know, right. like th this is a long, this is working through a lot of shit for a long time and working really hard at it and really, and also having a fucking fantastic therapist, like just the best. Uh, and... You know, I, I got to, you know, I, she's not allowed to listen to this show. I told her that she cannot. That's good. <laughs> she asked, and I said, no. No, 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 no. you cannot listen. And she uh, keeps my wish wishes. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it took a lot of work. And, you know, I, I took it through. Like, I had someone hold my hand through it and to guide me through that. And I know that I'm very lucky for that. I know that I'm extremely lucky to have that resource. And I know not everyone does. Uh, and that's the question that I think a lot of people ask themselves. And, you know, I think a question, you know, whether they ask it or not is, I think that's kind of at the core of a lot of questions that people write into us. Is how do you do that on your own? I mean, it's different for every person. It depends on what you've been through. It yeah. depends on what you're you're in right now. It, it depends on a lot of factors. It depends on where you live. It depends on the kind of person you are. It, it's not it's not an easy answer. You it took three years to get to this point of of really putting yourself on the line to try and find an answer. Not that you found an answer, but you've definitely opened up a new door. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think there is an answer. No, it's uh, life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there isn't Fucking an answer. Life. Yeah, it's there just, isn't an answer. I'm never. Doing it. Yeah, I don't look for an answer. All I want to do is be able to live life and be happy. Uh, it, it's I don't need an answer. I know some people do. I don't, and I also don't believe that there is one. Uh, so I think it's hard. I, if you believe that there's an answer to all of your problems, you're going to be unhappy for the rest of your life mm -hmm. because there is none. No. And it's something you need to get inside your fucking head. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people spend their entire lives searching for that answer, that one. That's why people buy self-help books and why uh, people fall into fad diets and shit like that because they want that answer. They want that easy, clear-cut, this is how you're going to do it, and this is how you're going to be happy, and this is how you're going to be. No, it's different for everyone. You know, everyone has their own experiences, and if there's anything that you know that, that people can take from this is that you've got to find your own way. And to the break change down is your always possible. That it's always, always. you know, it, it, trigger the thing in your life that is not that is really making you truly unhappy, and work on it. Yeah, and that's, and that's what you can. All you can do. And that's what I did. I, I knew years before I uh went into therapy that my biggest problem was that I was trapped in my own head uh in fact that uh that sigil that we were talking about last week the sigil that I did uh the sentence that I or, or what to go into a little bit further uh, as I talked about sigils a little bit last week is that you write down a uh, the sentence you write down what you want uh, and I did this in 2011 uh or 2010, I think. Uh, and you write down what you want, a sentence of what you want. And then you go through and you cross out all of the vowels. And you go through and you cross out all of the consonants that repeat. And so you're left with a handful of letters. And then from those handful of letters, you draw a sigil. Like you use those letters to shape some sort of uh, sigil, a symbol that uh, is completely unique. And then... Yeah, this is kind of the funny part. Uh, you focus on it while you masturbate. Like, just really, really focus on it. Uh, and then you focus on it most when, you know, you reach orgasm. That's when you really focus on it. And then from there, it's whatever it is that you want is supposed to happen. But on the other hand, I think what it has more to do with is just focusing on that one thing that you, that is what you will focus on. Therefore, that is what you will work on. And what I wrote in mine uh, is, and I think now that I feel like I've gotten pretty close, I mean, it's not like like making a wish uh, where you, you know, if you tell no, someone it's, that it's, it's not going to come positive energy, through. you know. Yeah, but mine was, what I wrote down was, I want to get out of my own head. And that was four years ago. Uh, and it feels like it's taken a very long time, but that is something that I focused on with positive energy and something that took me on a very long road, but it is a road that I've been walking on for quite a while. Uh, and I think I've made it. Uh, I think I've gotten to the point uh, where maybe I can do another one. Maybe I can now I can figure out what's the next thing that I want, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm fucking free and clear and everything's happy and great. And I'm always going to be in this mood and everything's always going to be awesome. And I'm never going to but it is a milestone worth talking about. And it's something worth remembering. It's something worth documenting. Uh, and that is uh, something that a lot of people have a hard time doing is remembering when you reach those milestones. Uh, so when the bad times come back you've got something to hold on to um but i don't know man magic works <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's your summary yeah. magic works it's not the years of therapy it's not all the the internals of the writings and everything you've heard it's magic works that's it <laughs> Well, magic works. So, yeah. hope everybody believes in it. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, but no, that's the great thing about it is like the kind of shit that, you know, I've, you know, that that kind of stuff is that it, it works and it doesn't work all at the same time. Right. You know, it, it exists and it doesn't exist. It's real and it's not real. Uh, and if it's both real and not real at the same time, there are no stakes. You know, there there's nothing to lose by doing it. Uh, that's why you just do it. That's why you just fucking do it. And it's, you know, it is just a positive thing. It's a positive reinforcement thing. It's an, an energy thing. Uh, and it just goes from there. It might take a very, very long time, say half a decade or so. Um, but maybe eventually you'll get it. Power of positive thinking, man. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. So I I'm guess very let's proud of you. thank you. I guess let's get into the letters for sure. <laughs> I feel all kind of like I don't feel weird now or anything. Like I still feel good and everything. But yeah, yesterday someone told me he's like, "Man, you look bright." I'm like, whoa, 
cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a stand-up that told me that, too. They don't deal out those comments no, very often. No, they don't often. give out compliments ever. No. <laughs> and also, they uh, are, uh, they uh, how you say, can't see the light in the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Living yeah. in a shadow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, get to our first letter. This, uh, this let, let's... Uh, it's some sort of something gender neutral because uh, this this first person, this first letter, uh, the name can be either one, can be male or female. So what are we gonna call this person? Skeleton face. It's a man or a woman. I don't know. It's a skeleton. <laughs> Bone structure. Yeah. Yeah. It's bones. Says, hi, Marcus and Jackie. First, I'm going to say that I love many CCR podcasts, such as The Brighter Side, The Roundtable of Gentlemen, Last Podcast on the Left, and, of course, Sex and Other Human Activities. Background info, I'm 14 years old, and I've been dealing with mental health issues since a very young age, depression, anxiety, OCD, and my doctor has thought for a while that I have Asperger's, but even though it's been a thought for years, it hasn't been dealt with or checked at all. Being 14 years old, I started high school about two months ago. I had two people before who before high school who I put somewhere between acquaintances and friends, even though we've hung out since we've been able to create memories. They didn't move to the same high school as me. They're going to two different schools in different towns, in fact. I have no friends around me and started self-harm two weeks into school. I realize that you'll think that this is teenager drama, but feeling terrible for a long time and high school just worsening it, I needed it. My left shoulder is extremely scarred up, and my left forearm is also scarred up. I started Prozac a little over one week ago since I had a doctor's appointment set to see how I would be a little while after school started. Obviously, it hasn't helped yet since it's supposed to work in about six weeks after taking every morning. Last Friday, I had a rope around my neck with the other end tied around a support beam in my attic. I was able to stop myself, but no one knows about it, and everything is just getting worse. I'm around almost 1,100 people when I go to school. 1,100 people and everyone I see has a group of friends already. Fortunately, I have a brother in grade 12 who I hang out with at break, and he's let me smoke some weed a few times, which is a great relief. I don't do it often. I've only done it three times in the last one and a half months. But having my brother there has just made my already terrible self-esteem to worsen because he's the only person who I can be with. I haven't met anyone my own age. My brother will be gone next year, and I don't have him and his friends to be with during the middle of the day. I don't know what I'm asking for. I already know I should try talking to people, but my anxiety has become even worse than it was before, which I didn't even think possible. That just really is not something that I can get myself to do. Trust me, I've tried. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Skeleton face. You know, I went into high school with absolutely no friends. I went from being a terrible, horrible bully and pushing everyone around me away. And when I went into high school, the only person that would talk to me was my brother, who was also a senior at the time. And I would see him also in between classes and and I would, you know, talk to his friends and they were like, well, you're talking to 12th graders. You should be confident about that. But I wasn't. And it was something that it just made me push other people away especially when I was in class. And I understand when it comes with the, you know, depression and and feeling like an outsider and not wanting to get to know anyone your age because you feel like they won't understand you or they won't like you. But I got into things anyway. I started doing other things even though everyone hated me. And it was, I don't know if, you're, if your older sibling does things in the school or what he's into or, or what like whatever they're doing. But Henry did drama, so I started doing drama. And it was something that he really helped me make friends. He was the one that did all the talking for me. And it was, I'm not saying that you should hide behind your older sibling, but it was something that he helped me have the confidence to not be a piece of shit anymore. <laughs> and I'm not saying you're a piece of shit, no. but I was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, you were. I, I was I was a really bad person, and people didn't talk to me for a reason. And especially when once word got around that the people that didn't know me from middle school found out what I used to do and also didn't want to talk to me. And it was something that created, you know, our friendship between siblings that we still have today. I mean, we weren't friends before that. And he was the one that basically, you know, it's hard because when you're all fucked up in your head and you're just like, this is how it's going to be and this is how it's always going to be, it's not. No. 
And I'm just completely speaking of my own, from my own experience on this. But he forced me to do it. And I didn't want to do it. And I was kind of a bitch. And finally, he just kind of looked at me and was like, you need to suck it up. Because talking to people is the only way anyone's going to get to know who you really are. And you're having the shield of hate around you isn't going to help. And it's not going to help you for the rest of your life. So if there's anything you can do, even though, you know, I dealt with my own anxiety, I was just dealing with, you know, my anger issues were beyond just being an angry 14-year-old. But having a sibling tell me that is what really changed my mind. He was the one that really helped me make friends. He introduced me to people. He'd be out front of my class when I was about to go in and be like, she's a piece of shit. <laughs> but, and then we would be laughing and we would be joking around and then someone else would walk in and start joking around with all of us because you're hanging out with seniors. Yeah. And I know it's silly, but that does help. No matter what you think about yourself, hanging out with seniors does help. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's a resource to use, man. I say it's like if that's who you know, no matter how many friends he has, use it. Yeah. And and, and I mean, with everything else, I mean, the Prozac is going to take time. It's definitely something they say six weeks, but it's going to be probably even longer than that. But take it every day. And if you're able to talk to the school counselor or if you're able to talk to your parents to see a therapist, because if they haven't seen the self-harm that you're doing or if the doctor didn't see it, someone needs to know about this. Yeah. It sounds like you're using your left shoulder and your left forearm. So you're doing it in places where people, you're obviously doing it in places where people aren't going to see. And unless you're wearing, I mean, if you're wearing le long sleeves all the time, then they're not going to see it on your left forearm. Uh, and I, I wrote, I wrote an email back, uh, to skeleton face, uh, when I got it and I'd, you know, and I want to stress it again, go back and listen to the episode, uh, with Justy Dodge, uh, it's called deep cuts. Uh, and she talks about cutting, uh, because that's something that we really don't have a whole lot of experience on. Right. We will always plead ignorance when we don't know anything about it, but Justy, uh, still struggles with it to this day. Uh, and she had a lot of really great things to say about it. So, you know, after you finish with this episode, go listen to Justy's. Uh, and it's, I hope that helps you out a lot. Uh, as far as being in a, a school of about 1,100 people, I mean, that's rough. That's a lot of people. Like, it's so many people. Like, because you, you figure with that many people, you'll find somebody to hang out with. Which There's you got, will they, in you time. Will. You I will mean, in time. But I know right now it's so overwhelming. 1,100 people. That's a lot of fucking people. That's, I mean, I guess I, I had a bit of an advantage. It's both an advantage and a disadvantage is that the school that I went to had 50 people in it, like the entire thing. Uh, so I was both forced to hang out with these people, uh, which I, you know, had made some very good friends, but I also... You know, didn't have, I guess, the variety of people to hang out with that you would at a, a school of 1,100. I mean, there there is someone at that school. There might just be one dude or one girl that you really enjoy hanging out with, but you can't, you're not going to find that person unless you talk to people or unless you join some sort of group, some sort of club. You know, that's where most people meet their friends in high school. And I understand the anxiety. I mean, I, I was a very quiet person at that time I, I had a lot of social anxiety when I was that young it took a long time for me to to come into my own but even you know how I thought about it was that when I did drama I was thinking about getting into college I was like well I have to do some sort of extracurricular activity which you do in high school you have to start early you got to get into something that will help you get into college and if you think about it that way rather than something that like, oh, I'll meet people. No, it's something you need to do to make you a well-rounded candidate to get into college. Yeah. And that's how I saw it. I was like, well, I should do this because I need something besides just good grades to get me into college. Yeah. And that's how I saw it. And then you're forced to talk to people, no matter what it is. If it's chess club, it's fucking NHS, if it's anything, you know, you are forced to talk to people. Yeah. And think of it as something that's going to better you for your future rather than just making friends, which is extremely useful. But my anxiety was like, well, they're not going to like me. Mm -hmm. They're not going to. I'm going to talk to them. They're not going to like me because I'm a piece of shit. 
Yeah, exactly. And you're going to find people that your friends, you know, especially at this age, the friends that you make are the friends that are into the same shit as you. The people who listen to the same music that you listen to. So if you're hanging out, you're like, oh, dude, you're listening to Radiohead? I fucking love Radiohead. And then it starts from there. Uh, and I mean, I definitely would. I mean, I know since you're a big Last Podcast fan, I mean, I wouldn't recommend going out there and say like, yo, who likes serial killers around here? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Because you don't want to be the kid that talks about serial killers all the time. Mm, That's not good. Like, <laughs> I mean, Henry like, loves serial killers, but usually, you know, you wait till you become friends with a person. Yes, you wait till you become friends with them first. Don't lead with that. Never lead Because you that. don't want to be the crazy, the, the scary kid, you know? Like, I was uh, among... Certain groups, I was known as like the scary kid, the the creepy kid, like in other towns, like just like that guy's fucking creepy. That it's guy's just because fucking you read weird. books and because you were into a, a little bit different things. But unfortunately, yeah. that's being fourteen. Yeah, and it sucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> being fourteen. It does suck. But but you know, you just gotta find the people that are into the same stuff as you. And as far as you know, like the rough shit, man, like the having the rope around your neck. You got to ask yourself, why? Why did you do that? Why did it get that far? How did it get that far? You've got to really ask yourself what that was, why you did that. Because um, you may not have even asked yourself that yet. Also, do you want it to be over now? You have so much to offer this world. You have so much to learn. Like, there's so much more other shit. Between 14 and I am 27 now. And, like, I'm not saying that, like, oh, you're young. and that, That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm saying there's so much shit to do that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And think about that. Think of all the shit you haven't done yet. Think about living on your own. Think about being able to do whatever you fucking want to do. There's so much more to life. Yeah. And you just got to, you know... Really think about that. You'll never know what you're, you'll accomplish. You'll never know what you'll be capable of. Because you haven't tried. Yeah. I mean, think think about it this way. When I was 16, I sat on the front porch of, uh, of a house that I was living in at the time, and I held my buddy's rifle in my hand, and I seriously, I've talked about this before, I seriously thought about shooting myself in the fucking face. But if I would have done that, then... Cave Comedy Radio wouldn't exist. You wouldn't be listening to the show right now. And all Last of us wouldn't have been able... None of this would be. None of this would be. This would, This room, the studio that we're sitting in right now would still be a storage area. Like, there'd still be chairs and old furniture sitting in here right now. Uh, and I never thought when I was 14... Do you think I thought that this is what I was going to be doing at 31? That I would eventually be living in New York City? To me at that time, New York City was a, a fucking abstract... Like, it was a place where... It was where Spider-Man lived. That's what New York City was to me. That's all it was to me. That's where Spider-Man lives. New York City, oh, that's not a real place. It's a movie set. That's a place in the comic books. Like, it wasn't even a a possibility to me at that time. Uh, And right now... You don't even know what possibilities lay in your future. You don't know what you're capable of yet. You don't know what you're going to be doing in, you know, 16 years, 17 years. Like, you know, I right now you're almost half my age. Uh, and at 16, if you would have told me that I was going to be in living in New York on my eighth year at 32, in my eighth year in New York City doing essentially radio full time with the funniest fucking people in the world I would have told you you're an idiot like, I would have said fuck no uh uh-uh. uh I ain't gonna be no- I'm not gonna do anything I'm not gonna live in New York City I don't know what I'm gonna be doing I'm gonna be doing that I'm not gonna be doing nothing I, I wouldn't listen to you but god damn it it happened and I didn't know at the time that that was possible, but it is possible. Great things are fucking possible. And you will never know what great things lie in your future if you put a fucking rope around your neck. You're just never going to know that. It's a, temporary, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, to use a cliche. And, you know, it's sometimes depression clouds your head and then you don't want to see the future that's the worst part about i mean that's I the mean, worst part about depression that, and, and that is it and like and i know that you you think possibly it could be asperger's it could be you know you don't need a fucking label no you know it's it's just that it's hard being 14 but you know what it's hard being 27 it's hard being any age because that's life man 
and if you're not gonna live it and if you're not gonna do it there's no point yeah you gotta do it and it's hard to talk to people and it's hard to get through high school but try to make the most of it and you can do whatever you fucking want to do yeah that's the best part I mean, you know, you have all, we have every opportunity given to us. No, I mean, I know definitely like economics and all, you know, all of that shit. There's definitely, everyone's in a different state of being. But if you put your mind to it and just especially stick to the Prozac, give it a few months. And if that's not working and if that's not helping you, Get something else. Tell them. Say something. Say something. Because I, I was also put on Prozac at a young age, and it wasn't. It did not work for me. And it works for some people, though. And I'm not saying it's not going to work for you. But give it a few months, and be and communicate about it. And you didn't say anything, did, did you? When it when it didn't work? No, I didn't. Yeah. And it just it 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 definitely harmed me, in like in the in that time. I was not myself, but sometimes, but I mean, but I grew up Yeah. and and I grew past it, but I was too scared to say that I was like, oh, they already did that. So uh, this must be good for me Mm -hmm. because no one told me that there were other options. No one told me that it was something that if it didn't work out, then you can talk to someone and try something else, but give the Prozac a shot. Because I do know a lot of people that it did work for. Mm-hmm. My sister's still on it. It's worked for her for a very long time. And it just, but remember, it's okay to talk about. And obviously your parents are someone that they are listening. Yeah. Which is amazing. And if you're able to talk to them about your self-harm, please do. Yes. Or if you're able to talk to your doctor about it, you need to talk to someone about it. Yes. That, that, needs, to, that needs to stop right now. I know, just saying, yeah, just stop it. Just don't do yeah, it. Just don't Why do it? you just not oh, fucking yeah. do just it? Just fucking suck it up. Just don't fucking Same do it. Same with people when they're like, oh, I'm yeah. like, well, just, just get smile. out of bed. What are you so What are you so angry about, Jackie? Why yeah. don't you just not be angry? Yeah, why don't you just smile? Yeah, it's you like, know, it's well, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's easier to be happy than it is to be sad. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? It takes a lot of years to get. If you are dealing with shit inside of your head, it takes a long time to figure it out. Yeah. But you will figure it out. Yes, you will. There are, I mean, I know we were saying earlier, like, there is no answer to life, but there is an answer to being able to enjoy every day. Yes, there is. There, There is an answer to that, and especially if you're dealing with mental illness, as long as you are communicating and as long as you are talking to someone, no matter who it is, it is possible. Yes, it is. And remember that. And please never put a fucking rope around your neck again. Please don't. Please. You're worth a lot more than that. Yes, you are. You have a perspective that needs to be fucking heard. And you're obviously... Also, that's the thing, is that when I read this email, Marcus said the same thing. I didn't even... I was like, this isn't a 14-year-old writing this letter. Yeah. You are, you are wise beyond your years. The fact that you're able to put this into words... Remember that. And articulated this well. Very well. Like, this is, you're a very thoughtful human being, and you have something to contribute to this world. You just have to figure out what that is. And you will. You You just got to give it time, man. You absolutely will. You just got to give it time. All right, well, let's move on to uh, our last letter today is going to be a uh, a response letter, kind of an update letter uh, from uh, Wigwam. We uh, answered her letter a little while back. She was uh, living with uh, with her grandmother and her uh, brother and looking to adopt her brother. Uh, and we've got an update from her. So let's hear what that's all about. Dear Marcus and Jackie, thank you for your advice in the episode It Just Blows, where I was nicknamed Wigwam. Things have changed since then. The brother I adopted became a complete asshole, which fed into my grandma's need to control us more. Then our mother moved in. My brother did mellow when our mother came back. Thing is, I still don't trust her. She has publicly disowned me, abandoned my sisters and I, married and divorced several men who sexually assaulted myself and my siblings, has an on-and-off battle with sobriety, and has the mental placement of an 18-year-old sorority girl. When she moved in, I called a friend, drafted a roommate's agreement, and moved in with him. I just had to move back home because his ex-girlfriend sent his apartment's management a complaint about me being there. When I came back, my mother and grandma decided it is best if they both bought two prefabricated 
prefabrished double wides three miles outside of our northern California town has a population of less than 500. My grandma doesn't have a form of transportation while my mother has her own truck. I tried talking to my grandma about my concerns of the isolation and my mother having a habit of running off in the middle of the night. She told me I was ruining her life and my mother has changed and therefore things have changed. I know for a fact my mother found a new drug dealer and jack shit has changed. Since she moved in, I began sleepwalking, something I only did when I was sent to live with a man who molested me when I was a kid. I finally got my health insurance and I'm looking for a shrink to help me work some things about uh, work some things out about my situation. I am also spreading the word in my college that I'm looking for a roommate. I feel like I'm trying to do all I can to change my situation, but am I missing anything? Thank you for all your support and help. Sincerely, Wigwong. I think that you're, I mean, you're doing all you can. Yeah. I, I think that just do as much as you can. I, I mean, I think that it's awesome that you're looking for somebody to talk to and get the fuck out of that situation. Yeah. You and are, if I remember correctly, I think the grandma just, I think she's a lesbian, isn't she? I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. I just know that, I mean, she was doing bad things with the money, though, right? Yeah, doing bad things with the money. And I think there was some sort of judgment as far as her uh, sexual lifestyle. I believe the grandmother wanted her to go to church every That's, single yes. Sunday. Uh, and she didn't match up with those values. You know, she just didn't match up with the church values because there was a preacher that pre that preached that homosexual uh, homosexuals are all going to go to hell forever and burn i mean is if there is a possibility to pay a little bit of money to sleep on somebody's couch until you get a place yeah i would highly i mean i feel like that's about all you can really do you need to get out of that it is and you need to also remember you are right it is okay to feel how you feel and i feel like when you're surrounded by people telling you that you're the one that's wrong and you're the one that's acting crazy and that everything's fine mm-hmm I want you to listen to me when I say that you are in the right and you are going about it the right way and you just need to take care of yourself. There comes to a time there comes a time when you have to take care of yourself and you think that, you know, I have to take care of my family, I have to take care but there are times in our life when it is time to take care of you and I'm giving I'm releasing you. <laughs> I am giving you the release. Take care of you. Get out of that situation and take care of yourself. And that's all you can do right now. They don't care about you. No. They don't. At least from, from what you're telling us, it sounds like that they do not care about you. You and have to decide for yourself whether they do or not, whether they're doing it in their own fucked up way. But it sounds like that you are their fucking toilet where they can dump all of their shit uh, and you're the person that takes care of them when they bring it when they fucking fall down and they don't like you because you call them on their bullshit they don't like that and so they're gonna dump all their shit on you and they're gonna blame everything on you it's time for that to stop and it's remembering also that it's not your fault no I mean it sounds like your mom and your grandmother have a lot of fucking issues. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, I don't know if it's just narcissism. I don't know if it's just the need for attention. I don't know if it's the need to fit in. Who knows what it is? But remember that there is something wrong with them. And no matter what you can do, with, until they acknowledge that, there's nothing you can do to change it. Not at all. And all you can do is take care of yourself and, and just get. Just get away from them. Get out of there. Oh, it just sounds just so awful, and it's so terrible to hear about, and I'm so proud of you that you are so, you are in the right, and that you are so strong-willed, and that you know what you want, and you are going after it. And it's hard. It takes time to get out of situations like this, but all you can do, I mean, it's that, what Mark is talking about, it's that positive energy, yeah, is knowing that there is a light at the end of that tunnel, and you will get out of this situation, and a year from now, you're going to be looking back being like, I can't believe I went through that. Yeah. I can't believe I went through that, and I am out, and I am strong as I can ever be, and there will come that day, and it's so close, you can fucking feel it, and it's coming. Just keep 
working towards it, and that's and that's what you can do. And you are working towards it. You got health insurance. You're spreading the word around college. Don't just spread the word, man. Put some shit up on some bulletin you boards. You get out there. Yeah, you, you start asking people straight up. Yeah, asking people straight up, do you have a room? Do you have a room? Put it up on the bulletin board. Woman looking for a roommate, responsible, clean, wanting to get out of a bad fucking situation. Yes. Beware of Craigslist. Beware, I mean, you know, still remember that in the long run of you don't want to just jump into something just to get out of it because there are worse situations out there, which is terrifying to even think about. Mm -hmm. But remember to keep that in the back of your mind when you go look at a place and you go meet someone that you don't know that you possibly could be living with that as much as you want to get out of your situation, remind yourself that there are scary people out there. There are worse places to be. There are. And and just, you know, it's I, I feel like it's easy where I hear a lot of stories of that where you're like, I just need to get away from this situation, and then you land in a much worse situation. Yeah. So just keep your 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 strong will about you when you're looking at people trust your gut when you meet new roommates and and that it seems like you have you have you have a great sense of self yes and and you seem to to really communicate well with what's going on inside of you or else you would have been taken over by them by now mm-hmm. so remember that and trust yourself when you're meeting new people before you move in with them yeah definitely look that shit and look for something fucking legitimate and look them up on facebook mm-hmm. and and try and see if you can see who their friends are and remember to do all of that before you move in with somebody yes there's a lot of ins and outs to it and you get but man you've already started on the path uh and you're gonna make it out of there you're gonna make it out of that shitty situation hell yeah you and are I, and i know plenty of people that have come from horrible families that just said you know what fuck them fuck them i'm not gonna fucking deal with their bullshit Anymore, And it's okay, but also it does take time and it does take speaking to a therapist because unfortunately, no matter how shitty your family is, there is that guilt of leaving them. There is that guilt of leaving it behind. There is that guilt of saying like, oh, I could have done more. So I think that you syncing up, seeking a therapist and getting away from the situation at the same time is the best thing you can do because this is not your fault. Mm-mm. And you, it's something you just have to remind yourself as often as possible. And talking to someone will help with that. Yeah. All right. I think that'll do uh, today's episode of Sex and Other Human Activities. If you've got any questions for us or some comments on anything we've said today, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com is the email address to send to. And fuck, man, make noise and be free. Fuck yeah, let's do it. Right, uh,